0: You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne. You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary. In this episode, we're looking at cycling in Kildare, from the view of a local councillor and what might be done to improve cycling facilities in the mid-Kildare area and perhaps further. It's not specifically a Kilcullen story, but in the longer term we could be part of it. Some weeks ago, Councillor Rob Power, who lives in Kara, raised an idea for the provision of what he called an ironway for cyclists from Kara to Salins Station. With terms such as greenways and blueways already well established for the use of pedestrians and cyclists, I asked him what he meant.
1: I've been in Cara now as, a, as an elected rep there for, for six years. Cara being my home village, one of the main issues that comes up is linking the village to Nace, to the nearby town. And if you look at Nace, you have every single town around it. It's Salins, Johnstown, Kill, uh, Kilashina. They're all connected by cycle paths. So Cara is a little bit left out there with no bus route. So there's a very much a, a feeling of it's not connected. So we've been looking at uh, a cycle path for a while. It's been on the agenda. In in the Nace Municipal District since I started, I think six years ago was first mentioned, there's been no progress in it. So we're kind of looking at, you know, it's a good good journey out in terms of building brand new infrastructure. It's a big project for the council to take on. And one of the things that dawned on me was we're simultaneously looking at bus services, which are hopefully progressing now um, from Cara to bring people into Salins train station. Um, And I'd meet a lot of people in the village at Salins train station in the morning, back in the good old days when we were all commuting by train. But it kind of dawned on me that there's that distance there actually between Kara and Salins is much shorter on the train line. And I I kind of was wondering then that space alongside it, would would it be possible to set up a cycle path along the train track? And I did the maths on Google Maps, and you're looking at what would currently be about a 10-minute drive from Kara to Salins you could probably do the cycle in about fourteen minutes if you were able to go straight as straight as the train track. So it just kind of got me thinking. Erin and are talking, they're in very early stage talks about extending a, a third line through Kildare on the on the Cork line. So currently it goes out to I think Hazelhatch. Uh, Hazel Hatch and then we're kind of at a bottleneck there and people will be familiar if you've heard of backlogs in Houston. You know, if there's an accident anywhere along yeah, Newbridge to Salins in the morning it means no trains are getting in from Cork or Galway into Houston station so it's a huge bottleneck um, so it's a, a big incentive or a big push from Ernno Dar to kind of bring that third track out as far as possible. So my thinking was then let's let's maybe join up those projects and hopefully when youno there start looking at the the third rail third line that maybe we could look at a little bit of extra acquisition land acquisition and run a cycle path alongside.
0: In terms of interest in cycling generally, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence from bike shops that there's been a big boost, to the point that bicycles are scarce and it's a seller's market. That has partly been due to the COVID situation and people beginning to reappraise their leisure and commuter options.
1: I think people are definitely in that mindset. I know if people are going to be going into the office less and less, they may consider, you know, even looking at their, their transport options, even before this whole lockdown. I mean, the situation on the trains is chaotic. So where people are probably closer to, to Dublin can commute by bike, I think we're going to see an uptick there. And that kind of, that's going to have a, a knock-on effect, whereas we just see more people using them, more people will be interested in it, and more people will potentially take up the uh, take up cycling as a hobby, and then maybe even as a, a commuting option as well. So I think we're definitely on, and we've we've been on an upward trend in, terms of cycling rates of late, but I think this is really going to, to spur that trend on.
0: As a youngster, I cycled to school from Kilcullen to Newbridge and back for years. It was a much less fraught exercise then because there was far less motor traffic and it was slower. I put it to Rob Power that if there was a circular safe cycleway system between, say, Kilcullen, Newbridge and NACE, in the long term that would allow for more cycling between the key mid-Kildare towns.
1: You're absolutely right and this is the big chip and egg debate that's going on is you know and I think if I'm if I'm honest about it I think the NTA um, their approach to this is very much we do not want to facilitate the car user. And in fact, we're willing to discommode them a little bit if we can improve the lot for cyclists and pedestrians. So the pedestrian and the cyclists are very much at the top of the hierarchy for the National Transport Authority when they're considering new projects. So when they're building a road, you can be sure that there's going to be a cycle lane on it in the future. I mean, your, your scenario there that we'd be linking up those towns That's ideal. And if, if we had all the money in the world, we would be doing it tomorrow. So it is a, it's a matter of prioritizing where, you know, where where we're going to get the most use for it, where we're going to get the biggest, the biggest uptake, the biggest bang for our buck at the moment and then rolling that out. But that is certainly the way that policy has gone already. And it's the way that I suppose infrastructure is going to go in the very near future.
0: The question is then who should be leading this shift towards the cyclist? As Rob Power said, the NTA has a positive policy here, and the council itself is following a similar line to a point. How, though, does policy become decision? The councillor notes that there is a hierarchy of motorists, cyclists and pedestrians in the mix. I
1: think there are some motorists who are concerned about cyclists having that dominance in the hierarchy and of course we have to acknowledge that there are motorists who won't be able to cycle and won't be able to make that shift either through you know physical reasons or because they're traveling too far and you know other taking kids as well it's just not practical in, in some circumstances so we have to appreciate that too but i wonder to what degree of seriousness are are we all this? I mean are we paying it lip service by saying that's the policy and it's great? I think we need to be echoing that in our in our debates as well insofar as you know councillors are supporting these new projects that are coming through as well and that we're acknowledging the need to get people on bikes and out of cars.
0: Of course there are cycling groups who are part of the debate too. In many instances they are quite a strong voice in the discussion. But to what degree does the official council listen to what they have to say?
1: councils as in the executive and the the transport and roads section are very eager to implement policies that are cycle-friendly. I I think when it comes to, and and it's not to say that councillors are against cycle-friendly projects, but I think what you'll find is councillors' ears are more frequently bent by people who have issue with roads, so they want to see an improvement in the road surfacing or in stop signs or in whatever areas that are predominantly facing motorists. And what happens then is the knockdown is we tend to focus our efforts on that when it comes to strategic policy committees and the like, or in in budgets. You know, we don't have a lot of cycleways in disrepair because we don't have a lot of cycleways, whereas we do have a lot of roads in bad disrepair, so that gets a lot of prioritisation. So I, I think councils in, in general, they're good at, uh, at listening, and I can give you an example there of, you know, when we came back at this, At this council term, and there was uh, a lot of representation from cycling groups. In the election cycle last year, there was a push from uh, cyclists and cycling lobbyists that we would agree to spending 20% of our budget on cycling infrastructure. And then... Again, the same, similar lobbyists came along in during COVID and were very eager to see us uh, taking down national funding and also implementing whatever changes we can. You know, it was an ideal time, I suppose, when the streets are quiet that we could start prioritizing cyclists in a, in a more meaningful way. I think to give credit, you've probably seen that happen in, in Nace, maybe a little bit with the closure of the canal bank roads on Sunday. So they're doing some trial stuff there. Kildare town now moving to a one way system. So they're removing some, some traffic there. That's also to facilitate retail uh, stores as well. But all these all these things now are are now features of the chief executive's manager's report. So every month now, it's agreed that the chief executive will report to us on what are the changes in cycle infrastructure, in in parking, and in say that on that retail outdoor space. So these kind of new measures that have come in on the back of COVID, and cycling is very much a part of that as well. That we want to make sure that it's. We're keeping an eye on it every month to see what are the improvements, what are the issues that are coming up, and where are the potential, you know, the the new routes that we can we can now start delivering on.
0: Apart from the cycle lanes and cycleways themselves, proper and secure parking infrastructure is another key to encouraging the use of bicycles. Rob Power is very in tune with that.
1: I remember doing a study in NACE at the time. People, we, we were putting in new cycling infrastructure as part of a a part submission for the, i think the dublin road and one of the arguments against it was that there aren't people cycling you know people aren't cycling and i did a walk up and down the town of nace at the time and i looked at all the bike parking stations and every one of them was full and this was i think a, maybe a tuesday at lunchtime or something you know so there was there's good use out of them um so you can you can definitely see that there's such a simple piece of infrastructure as well and then uh, we're also looking at uh, again, NACE probably prioritised this is the bike lockers. So we have some of those in Abbey Street, similar to the train stations, where they're probably um, more of a necessity, where your bikes are being locked up for, you know, maybe 12 hours of a day. So very important there. But I think there's, I think that'll probably be one of the easier steps, or the low-hanging fruit, if you like. Once we get the people on bikes, I think if there's ever a desire to to have bike locking somewhere, I think that'll probably be an easier step to overcome
0: from this conversation it's clear that there's a will a policy and some work in train on expanding the cycle facilities in Kildare but it sounds like it's piecemeal and that there's really a need for an overall plan
1: i think it's it's probably something worth uh, worth considering is is that we put together a strategy on on cycling um, to my mind we need to start this at the at the, as young an age as possible so i would love to see focusing on the schools and driving up the rates there. There was something I talked through with colleagues last year was incentivizing schools where they don't currently have a school warden or a, a lollipop person that if they can show a meaningful increase in the number of people that are walking and cycling to school that they'd be rewarded by getting the, the staff on the, uh, on the street and the, the warden or the lollipop person. So just you know, we, we, we're we prioritising those in terms of, you know, where, where there is a lot of cyclists or a lot of pedestrians going to school that we're providing the warden. So if schools can get those numbers up, why wouldn't we provide it for them and, and increase safety there as well? So there's a lot of different measures there that I think you could start at a young age. And I think that's what we need to do is make a long-term plan. So start people young and then obviously make it a lot safer on the roads as well. But if we can start them, start them young, I think that's core to any plan.
0: That was Councillor Rob Power with some thoughts on how cycling facilities and encouragement could be made, particularly in Mid-Kildare. Rob is a cyclist with his family. I'm Brian Byrne. I'm also a cyclist. This is Cacullan Diary, Encouraging Cycling. Thanks for listening.